Hello, everybody, and welcome. All thanks to LD Mobile. This is NBL Overtime. A hell of a lot going on. I know it's still off-season. I know we're kind of in a stalling mode, but the basketball news never stops. Plenty to get into. Hashtag NBL Overtime to get involved. Liam Santa Maria, you got the collar on. I'm glad. I'm glad you stepped it up because I've stepped it back down. I didn't want to be the uh, worst dressed guy in the room. What's going on, my man? Well, the three of us are kind of like the steps of evolution here in terms of fashion because Corey's Corey's bringing the heat. No, I'm ready to go. Game, obviously, uh, game six, the NBA finals wrapped up yesterday. We've got to chat about that. And hey, remind me, I've actually got a little bit of a surprise for you boys at the very end of the show. Oh, okay. Okay. Sweet. Look at this. I'm writing it down. Surprise (laughs) from... Liam, because there is something that's going to pop up that has surprised me in the course of the show, and I want an answer, or I'm leaving. I'm leaving NBL overtime, okay? Wow. I'm aside, you do look sharp, my man. What's up? What's up? Thanks, man. Um, obviously, we're in isolation, man, and I can't keep wearing the same stuff, so I have to get dressed. I got to remind myself. Like, I'm tired of putting on the same nonsense just because I'm in the house. I, look, you know I'm a betting man, and I'll, I'll be honest. I had a dollar seven that we'd see the robe on NBL overtime before we saw the NBL uh, dress up guard, but I like it. I like it. You look sharp, and it's of course kind of lead us. No, nah, that's not. That's not what's up. That robe is not what's up for NBL overtime. I, I, I understand that feeling. I, I, I feel you, Corey, on that. My question though is, like, have you gone the whole way? Like, no, you- I got, I got, I got shorts on for yeah. sure. Okay. I got some denim shorts on, so I just. I, I get dressed as if like I, I would probably be going to work in the summertime. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So the shorts, I got some some shorts on, some cutoff denims. That's fair. It's a bit like, a bit like how we call the games in the house. Yeah, exactly how we call the games. Yeah. That's well, exactly that, what I'm wearing. That is the that is the garb you've got on. All right. Below, below at least. Below. Yeah. yeah. Now we've got the fashion out of the way. <laughs> Let's get to the NBA finals. We're going to start there because I think a lot in that game on Saturday morning, Australian time game five, so many people expected the Lakers to get the job done. Miami were brilliant. We had to see a game six, but the Lakers defensively, I'm going to start with you, Homicide. I know you do a lot of great stuff with NBA Australia as well. The Lakers defensively in game six. And of course, we're going to talk Phil Handy and his links to the NBL still going on after two decades ago of playing, but geez, they were good. I mean, that game was over at halftime. It was yeah. uh, incredible defensively what they were able to do. You saw the intent from the jump with LeBron. I'm going to the rack. You guys are too little. I'm going to make you pay. Um, a lot of people gave a lot of flack to Danny Green regarding the shot that he missed. And, you know, people acted like that was game seven and it was over and they lost the series, you know, mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, overreacting, overreactive by fans and, you know, obviously experts with opinions. But um, they bounced back and got it done. They got – that game was over. They shut down Hero again and they shut down Robinson who torched them for seven threes, I think 26 points or 23 points in game five. So they made up for the loss in game five and, you know, four championships, 17 All-NBA Oh my God! I mean, what? Four MVPs, four Finals MVPs. He's damn near broken almost every record, if not will break every record by the time he's done playing this game. And he's nowhere near finished. Mm. That's 17 years. Like that's. It's just incredible what he's been able to do, regardless of all the negativity and hate. And um, you know, I salute them. 
you know, especially the core players, you know, KCP stepped up big. Danny Green also hit some big shots. Uh, Caruso stepped up. The Rondo, oh, my God, first player in the history of the game to uh, win rings with the two most historic franchises in the game. So that's just incredible in itself. And they're not done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's just, it's a great look for the Lakers. Yeah, it was a great result. I uh, I actually just love watching LeBron achieve success. I, you know, like some people wish him losses and, and failure for whatever reason. I don't understand it. I, I mean, I loved watching that Miami team. They were a fairy tale story in many ways from a basketball perspective as well. But um, I just, I'm just enjoying watching LeBron chase that ghost, you know, and every time he wins titles, his whole career has been a joy to watch. He, he plays the game the right way and has done from day dot, yeah. you know, just the way he's kind of, his, his approach to the game and his, 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 um, his dominance on the floor is his ability to bring players with him and get players involved. That play at the end of game five was the perfect example of that. It was the right basketball play. And he would make that same decision time after time after time. And that's why he's had so much success for mine. And um, I, just, I just hope we can continue to watch him for another bunch of years to, to keep chasing that ghost and winning more titles. Well, we've got, I reckon we've got at least five years left in him, okay? And I'm going to tell you a little story. And this is now something that's, that's obviously huge and I think is a definite thing. But I'm going to say about five or six years ago, on Twitter, and I'll find it for next week's show, I tweeted a sports betting company, a corporate bookmaker, and said, what odds will you give me that LeBron James becomes the first player to play with his son in the NBA, all right? And they gave me like 10 to 1. And I was like, oh, jeez, it's never been done before. This kid, Bronny was about eight at the time. But I legitimately think if you talk about what he's been able to do, he continually does new things. I don't think his legacy, while I hate the MJ, MJV LeBron arguments because the MJ lovers, of which I am one, just refuse to believe that LeBron's even in the conversation, which angers me. Mm. Of course he's in the conversation. I've still got MJ at one, LeBron at two. But the, the, the MJ people are like, oh, LeBron's not even in that conversation. Like, yes, he's doing it in a much, much different way. He's doing it now of three different franchises, being able to lead them and, and do that MVP full-time. And it's not over, of course. But I, I legitimately believe that he is hell-bent on playing with his son. And I also think NBA franchises out there when he's son, now I have no idea if he's going to be any good. What is he eighth grade or whatever he might be? You know, he's got 2 million Instagram followers, but I have no idea if he's any good, but there will be a franchise that will take them both. So his free agency will end. He'll go, oh, I will go play for a franchise. If you sign my son. And I think that will legitimately happen. That may well be the Charlotte Hornets. It might be a team that we never thought LeBron would play for. But I think this is why he's going to continue to be in the form and the shape, both mentally and physically, until his son is ready to go. So 100, I think 100%, 100%. That's the whole purpose of him continuing to play outside of chasing championships. Yeah. But he wants to play with his son. Yeah. So that's for sure. And any team would do it. I'm, I'm going to tell you on a completely lower scale. Here we go. J.R. Smith got six men of the year with the Knicks years ago and signed a contract when he was a free agent and rumor had it that he took less for that. Um, so that they could 
signed his brother to the Knicks and his brother signed to the Knicks, Chris Smith, that following season, which was under investigation <laughs> that did that really happen? So if J.R. Smith has the ability to do that at six man of mm. the year, imagine one of the greatest players of all time with his son, despite how good or not his son is. They can say, give, give his son a two-way. You know what I mean? You can dress it up however you want to dress it up. I agree. Is it but any- his son will be in the NBA playing alongside LeBron. Just on JR, and I know that he made the topless thing a big thing in Cleveland and Barack told Ty Lue to tell JR to put his shirt on. He ripped it off. I'm pretty certain it was off before the final buzzer. And Liam Santa Maria, he was the first man to get the Larry O'Brien trophy <laughs> in his hand. Come on. Now, I'm all for winning titles, and I, like, it doesn't matter if you play one second or 48 minutes a game. But, geez, I, there might have been a couple of other people that could have maybe got their uh, their fingers around that thing first. No, nah, it's all good. It's all it's good. All I love his energy. I like his energy. You know, he's, uh, he's the first man in for the celebration. He's the heart and soul of the celebrations. <laughs> so hey, at um, that moment, it has begun. So get amongst <laughs> it and do your thing. But, hey, Cam, you mentioned before, like, um, LeBron and, and, and his shape physically and mentally. It was such a great point because that's it's part of what's so amazing when you watch him play at the age 35, year 17, how, how much of a dominant force he continues yeah. to be physically and mentally. Um, you know, he takes hit after hit after hit, and you just never think he's going to miss time. You never think he's going off the floor despite what happens to him because he's just, he's almost re- like a machine in that regard. And mentally, every time that team, like every time he's challenged in those sorts of situations, you just have so much confidence that he's going to respond. You know, like I'll never forget that game six in Boston and the way, and the way he approached that ball game. Game four of this series I felt in so many ways was very similar and then in in the the closeout game as well the way he started the game in attack mode they cannot keep me off the rim we're starting inside out and that set the set the tone and and they went on from there he's just unbelievable to watch I read that stat yesterday that I'm sure everyone has seen but I think he's played 261 playoff games he's never missed a playoff game not not once in his career has he missed a playoff game he's played an extra yeah he's played essentially over three years of NBA basketball extra as well as the years that he's already done and he finds those challenges he finds them in different ways and a lot of that is because of the the, the hate that is sometimes leveled towards him and you don't have to look too far to see why he'll be motivated for next year Kevin Durant is back. And of course, that conversation about who was the best player in the league a couple of years ago. And then he's teamed up with Kyrie Irving, who, you know, love him because he's Australian, but continually says interesting things. And he made those comments a couple of weeks ago on a podcast about, you know, KD's, you know, I don't feel I have that pressure late in games that LeBron must look at that, raise an eyebrow, maybe not while he was in the bubble, but he's always been able to find things to motivate him. So uh, he's, he's continual search for motivation stops after one podcast or one article because there it is again and it forced him to continue to be where he's at all right phil handy liam uh, of course a man that that we know we've had the the privilege of having a little bit to do with played in the nbl still has links to the nbl of course through melbourne united and that academy but everywhere he goes everywhere he goes (laughs) they win yeah, back-to-back titles for, for Phil. Uh, it's his third championship, one with Cleveland, one with Toronto, this one uh, with the Lakers. And as Corey mentioned a few weeks ago, um, you just have to, to think about and listen to the way Le- like LeBron 
respects him and wants to work with him and it speaks volumes for that man and uh, we love his links to the NBL. Yeah. We love his friendship with the NBL and with Melbourne United and the fact that he's proud of his journey through our league and, and what he learned along the way. And we wish him continued success. Congratulations to him. I love the fact that a man who called the pig pen home for a short period of time <laughs> is doing what he does on the NBA stage. He, he, he is a superstar homicide, everything he does. And, and as Liam touched on, the players, and you start with LeBron and work your way down, Kyrie, Kawhi, all these guys who work with him, they talk him up, they amp him up, and with great evidence to the highest, highest degree. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. It's plain yep. and simple. You can't have superstars who we look up to and appreciate going out on a nightly, winning championships and killing on the court, loving his work as much as they love his work and big him up. And that's why I went back. I'm going to double down what I said when we spoke about Phil Handy, I guess, a week or two ago, in mm -hmm. saying that just because you weren't a high draft pick doesn't mean you're not quality. Just because you weren't solely an NBA coach off the rip doesn't mean you're not quality. There's plenty development coaches out there in the world that are better than coaches in the NBA. I'm going to say that again. There's plenty. It's just about opportunity. Just like there's great players that won't ever make the NBA. It's just about time and an opportunity. So, you know, for him to do what he's doing, it shows you that's the example. He's one of the best development coaches in the NBA. He wasn't, he was with Toronto last year. LeBron was like, nah, I need you back <laughs> over here. You can't do that if you're not the best. Mm. The best would not want to work with you. When Michael Jordan was playing, Michael Jordan had one guy in Chicago. He, play, he, he had training with him in the offseason all the time. Forgot his name right now, but he was a huge name. Tim something, I think. Tim Grover? But Tim Grover, okay. Would Tim Grover be recognized the way he was if he wasn't with Mike? Mike don't want nobody else. I want Tim. What does that tell you? The greatest, that's the greatest development coach in the NBA. You can't continue to just keep winning by luck. These great players will, do not want you just because because you're available. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna get the they, you're gonna push them to get the result that they want. And that's why he's there. Shout out to Phil. Mm. And yeah. hey, before we move off the NBA finals, let's give some props to to Miami. Yeah. Because they were so much fun to watch. They were they they won they went down four two but th they were inspirational across the globe uh, you like i spoke with josh giddy the other day isolation conversation i said who you've been watching in the bubble and he he the names he mentioned were jimmy tyler hero uh, duncan robinson for various different reasons peep players coaches brian gorgian spoke about it in in Wollongong uh, the other day about how much he's enjoying watching that team and and learning from from how they go about it. So you know, people all over the globe have have been inspired by what that team has been able to do. And big props to Jimmy Butler. Thank you to Jimmy Butler for what he did in Game Three and Game Five of that series to make it a series because we did all feel coming mm -hmm. into Game Six, okay, we've got, go. I mean we we've, we've got a series here. There is a legitimate possibility this thing could go the distance. And, you know, that was a big thanks to, to, to what Jimmy was able to do. And, and, and I agree, Liam. You know, it was basically David and Goliath. You know, it was that underdog story versus the favorite. And everybody loves an underdog. 
you know, you saw Miami basketball team, hard work, hard nose, defensive uh, organization that have gone about it exactly the same way they've always gone about it. Pat Riley, Pat Riley at the helm, a winner, get the right pieces, got a team of players nobody wanted. How can you not love that story in itself? You know, so as you said, shout out to Miami Heat. And to the, and to the NBA, Adam Silver and everyone involved to be able to pull off what they did, get that season done and in the books, no COVID cases the entire time, which what, with what's going on over there in the States and in Florida in particular, it's, it's unbelievable. So you tip your hat and, and, you know, we all got to enjoy watching the games and the game continues to grow as a result of social justice messaging. Um, they really pulled it off. So that leads us into our next point, because if you're watching the NFL right now, if you're an NFL fan, having a, you're in a much different situation, no bubble clearly, but coronavirus games being postponed and fans are allowed in some areas and not in other areas and all the rest of it. But it does pose the question, Adam Silver is, is, is on the record of suggesting that the season will not start the NBA, the new season, until late January, maybe early February. And a lot of that's going to be driven by the owners. The owners don't want to play seasons a full season without people in the stands so much of their revenue of course and some of these owners actually in fact own the stadiums so without boring you with the numbers and what it all means from a from a cut through situation the owners want to wait as long as possible to get people in the stands now it's an uncertain world as we know 2020 seems to change almost each and every day but it does look no nba players in the olympic games that that is almost assured if you want to play in the nba you're not going to be representing your country in Tokyo 2021. I'll start with you, Homicide, because this is something that, of course, is going to severely diminish the USA team, but it's going to have a great say on the coaching staff, quite possibly, but definitely the playing stock to the Boomers. Well, NBA is the NBA, you know, so believe me, I can guarantee you the best players in the league wouldn't be going to the Olympics anyway for <laughs> Team USA. That I could assure you. Too much stuff going on and you just, you know, we all know socially what's going on. Nobody's even thinking about representing America at the, right now. That I can assure you. Um, as far as Australia and the Boomers are concerned, they may have a chance to medal, but they may not. Even if Team USA don't, don't bring their best, which they can't because it's NBA season. The man on your team is will be with the Spurs. And the best rebounder on your team is a free agent this year, if I'm correct. He's going to be with whoever he's going to be with. You don't have anybody that could put up buckets like Patty Mills outside of Patty Mills. And you don't have anybody that can rebound the way Baines can rebound. So you guys are in trouble, but still have a chance to medal. All, all, all countries are going to be significantly diminished, Liam, as well. I think we're going to focus on the boomers, of course, in the USA for obvious reasons. But we And Joe Ingles ain't there. Thank Let's you. not forget. But there's no doubt key components of this boomers team. And we have seen, and for people who are at home going, well, that's I might your big three right there. We, we, we have seen players not play. Oh, man. Yeah. Ben that Simmons. is your big three right there. Well, four. How can you, big four, big four. Big I agree. Three, right? I'm, I'm with you, And this is the conversation we now have because we yeah. can see an all or an, an NBL slash European based Australian players, dear Liam. Well, it's a massive kick in the guts if yeah. this is how things play out. I'm refusing to accept it. 
at this point. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm in denial. Maybe you I'm in denial. In denial. If but, they're keeping it that way, I feel you, Liam. Come you know? on, man. This, like this, I we have you, been man. waiting for this team. I know, and it, this is our moment. And it got postponed a year as a result of all this. And you understand that because everyone in the world's dealing with it. But come on, Mr. Silver. <laughs> <laughs> we need our guys. We need all those guys that you just mentioned. We need Ben. We need, we need all those guys in the mix. We need Dally. We need Dante. We need that, all those guys in the mix. And at, right now, it hasn't been 100% ruled out. Um, and there's a few different elements of that. You know, he hasn't ruled out taking a break. He said it would be very difficult. It's not something we would necessarily be wanting to do. Yeah, but at this point, we think it's unlikely. And also, Cam, it, it could be in the playoffs, right? So and, it could be... Just, just going to go back, step back. Do you honestly believe that players, if there was a break, if the NBA said, hey, you know what, we're going to have a break, a, a three-week break, do you still think players would put their hand up to play for their country? Hey, most of our guys will. Okay. Not happening. Most of our guys uh, will. I, I, they can put their hand up, but their team won't release them. This, this is the concern I have there. Oh, I know that they would want to play, and there would be some that may not want to play, but there would be. I'll start with Patty Mills and Joe Ingles, who I 100% believe would want to play. Yeah. But with the Spurs and the Jazz, if, they go, if the break is at the end of the regular season, leading into a playoffs, and those teams are involved, are they going to release them? We have seen this happen for the last nearly 30 years for NBA guys. Well, these are a whole bunch of unknowns. I know. That's it's true. locked down until it's for sure. Yeah. We're not going to have those guys. I'm not going to fully accept it. True. But you do have to glance. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to glance forward, as you say, Cam, and say, well, what what would it look like? Um, and if you're if you're one of those guys, those high level guys in the NBL or in Europe right now, I mean, there's some guys associated with that, like a guy like Jock Landau is going to, you know, he's going to be in the team no matter what. Well, right. is he? Well, hang on. Yeah, Europe will be finished. No, 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 no. No. But isn't he waiting to try and get back to the NBA? True. So, True. like, you, like, you know. Jock Landell is in the team. I'm not <laughs> – he's a starter in the boomers. I'm True. simply right. saying he's pinning his hopes not on Europe. He's, he's right. pinning his hopes oh, on being oh, in the NBA. Oh, he wants to go to the league right now. He wants to go That's to the league the... right now, doesn't he? He's not in Europe at the moment, is he? Well, if, if Jock Landell is still in Australia working out, waiting and hoping to be mm -hmm. signed to the NBA. He's NBA material anyway, so a bunch of he teams is. would want him now. So if he goes to the league, damn, uh, that just shortens the... <laughs> that just, oh, Liam, oh, I my know. God. It's a problem. You're going to make me cry. Don't do it. Let's, come on. You're Hang on. Cry. I've got to... But let's talk about those other guys that are going to yep. be in the NBL. Okay. okay. Guys like, guys like Brock Modem, Nick Kay, who, who, in, in Europe. Um, Ryan Brookoff, we don't know where he's going to be in the next little while. Um, but if you're Mitch Creek, you know, if you're Xavier Cooks, if we don't know what the future holds for Andrew Bogut right now, uh, if you're Nathan Sobey and uh, Bryce Cotton, potentially. I mean, he have to get on that team now. And you're not just talking about being on the team. He got to play. I mean, you're Bryce talking about guys that are going to have to play. He got to play. He might be the starting point guard or the starting two guard or whatever position you want to term him as a combo. He might be the dude in the green and gold. And look, if that team is Golding and Cotton and Sobe and Creek and Deng Adele and Andrew Bogut and Xavier Cooks and Nick, we're going to be a good team. Mm -hmm. That's a good team. That's how strong Australian basketball is right now. 
um, it's just not, it's just not all <laughs> that, that it could be. So we I wait got... to see how exactly how it plays out. Right, so, so hang on, hang on, because there's one more thing here. Our coach is Brett Brown, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, my so goodness. Now, now, he currently doesn't have a head coaching job in the NBA, but right. I think everyone kind of feels, or I'll speak for myself, that I believe that he's been a great long-term assistant. And I think that if he wants... I have no idea of if he wants to get back in or take a break or whatever. But if he wants, he's going to land on a team. Like Brett Brown's going to land on a team. There's no guarantee he'll land on the team. Oh, I think there There's is. There's plenty of coaches that got fired and never went back to the NBA. Plenty. No, 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 no I, I agree. I'm not, but I, I think he will land like, but he then he may, this may work. He, he, he may say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be hell-bent on being the Australian boomers coach and get to Tokyo, and then I can reassess my options. I'm not saying that it's a walk in the park, but the intensity allows him probably a little more break than what a full NBA schedule would if he was just the head coach of the Australian team. Now, it's still a big task, obviously. Do you mean – and then – sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the situation is in complete flux as a result, and you're right. He may well do that. He may go – I got the, the boomers situation with the Olympics. I also also wouldn't mind like a, some time to clear my head, yeah, you know, and just take a bit of a deep breath. That was a very stressful situation in Philadelphia over the last couple of years, and the ability to maybe just take a season off and yeah. coach the green and gold and do that—that that might be what he wants to do. He's a coaching lifer, though. He's a coaching mm-hmm. lifer, and we've been talking to you know, a bunch of coaches over the, the off season here. You talk about Dan, we talked to Dan Shamir and he talked about us coaches. We can't stand to be away from the game and not be coaching games and being a part of the competition. He may just want to dive back in and get back on, on a bench and, and go. So you're right. If he does that, that's, that's going to throw that situation, um, you know, back into flux. I, I think there's a huge opportunity here. And I know that there's some pessimism around this conversation. It's all up in there until we know, but the, the fact is going forward that if, in fact, this is the way that it happens and there's going to be significantly less NBA players at Tokyo, there's a real huge opportunity for Basketball Australia to be able to market and develop the profiles of the players, both men and women. We see the WNBL hub, many Australian-based players for the Opals heading towards Tokyo as well are going to be in that hub in far north Queensland. There's a real opportunity to, to really boost the profile of these guys and girls, hopefully, in particular to guys. We're not going to see a hub for too much long, or if it is even, like, say, a month. So to say, hey, you know what? Go see, you know, Nathan Sobey. Go see Chris Golding. Hey, we just, Bryce Cotton's a citizen. These guys are going to be trying to win their first ever men's senior medal, and now they're playing in your backyard. So while it's not perfect, and of course, still so much to play for, there is that marketing opportunity, I think, that Basketball Australia in conjunction with the NBL and the WNBL can leverage it to boost the sport in 2021 towards the Olympic Games. No doubt about it. Mm. That, that would certainly be the play. And um, if you're any of those guys, like if that carrot is in front of them, we're going to be the beneficiaries yeah. in terms of what we get to watch in the NBL season. You know, if those guys are using the entire NBL season as a tryout, essentially, to put their best case forward to make sure that they're on that team and playing a big role, it's going to make it all that much more fun to watch. Right. Just, just imagine... Imagine, imagine it is a mini bubble. So we have a month of bubble to kickstart the year while, you know, the states in particular, Victorian uh, government sort out the restrictions or whatever. And Brett Brown's like, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to oversee this whole program as we head towards Tokyo. Imagine the bubble with Brett Brown and his coaching staff or his advisors or who he's working with. He's in the bubble watching these games. So every day you walk onto the court, you're like, you know what? I'm trying to get an NBL championship, but I'm also got a huge chance to be an Olympian. Now, you may have already been an Olympian, say, say Chris Golding, or you're a Nathan Sobey who's on the periphery, who's been to the Worlds and is like, holy crap. And the intensity goes through the roof. I, I think it can work. While the, the, I guess the first thought is that, hey, it's not going to be as good, but I think domestically it can definitely add to so much. But i got to say this as well. Who do you think, who do you think, either to answer, if Brett Brown is to say, look, I can't coach because I've got the NBA, I'm going back as an assistant coach. Who's the next in line? Let's bring back Andre. Yeah. That's my call. Yeah, I think he's well, been sensational with the Boomers over a period of time. Mm-hmm. People can, you know, he's he's got plenty of critics. I would love to see him turn back to Andre and say, "Lead this team." Would he? Would he take the job though? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'd like to see him. I'd said it so optimistic, and I'm like, "Would he take it?" He's like, "Probably not." I'd like, to, I'd like him to though. I'd like him to step up, but Judy calls, you know, like we need you to come and come and do the job. There are some other guys for sure. You know, um, I think Will Weaver in that program is, is certainly an option. Dean Vickerman would be great. There are some other guys that you could turn to, but I'd love to see if that situation came about and Judy needed to be stepped up to, I'd love to see Andre step back into the role. See, I think Will Weaver is, is right at the top of the list as well, as long with Vickerman and Lamanis, of course. But he was linked to the Pelicans. Of course, the, the New Orleans Pelicans have a head, uh, head coach vacancy right now. I'll start with you, Homicide. Will Weaver's an NBA coach. I like Will Weaver. I like his system. I think he's a great basketball mind. He loves the game. He's passionate. He's done a lot of coaching. He's part of the Boomers national team. And, you know, although there is a long list of guys right now, former NBA coaches, that would love that opportunity, I could see him being an NBA coach. Where is this at, Lee? I mean, you got contacts. What are you hearing? Well, we all heard the report from Brian Windhorst on his on his podcast, The Hoops Collective, chatting with Tim McMahon. And he um, he said, look, an underrated name that I've been hearing in terms of this job is Will Weaver. Um, and they also talked about Jamal Mosley, which was which was great to hear. But um, I mean, look, it's only a matter of time before Will Weaver is on the front bench of an NBA coaching staff. It's only a matter of time. And it's literally only a matter of a couple of years. It could be this year, either, maybe the next. He's going to be a, a, one of the top assistants or a head coach in the NBA in the next few years. It's not a matter of if, it's when. Um, and he has some really um, well-developed relationships with the, within that New Orleans program right now. Trajan Langdon, who was the assistant GM of the Nets when Will was with them and with and, and at Long Island. He's now yep. the GM of the Pelicans. Strong relationship there. That's why Didi Luzada was with the Sydney Kings last year. And now, as a result of that experience, David Griffin, the assistant, uh, sorry, the executive vice president of Basketball Ops. And that is, a, is now a strong relationship. So those guys really like Will Weaver. Um, but... There's some things to happen. I mean, for me, Ty Lue is the big domino to fall in, in all of this. Um, championship winning coach and you get the Clippers job, you got the Rockets job, you got this job at the Pelicans. David Griffin worked with him in Cleveland. They want Ty Lue. 
And if they get him, maybe it's not the right time for Will Weaver and he sticks with the Kings. But if they don't get Ty Lue, if he takes that or takes or gets that Clippers job, Will Weaver's going to be in that picture. Kenny Atkinson's going to be in that picture. Could Will Weaver be a part of his coaching staff if he gets that job? It's fascinating to watch because the potential flow-on effects here, not only within our Boomers program, as you say, but for the Sydney Kings, uh, are enormous. Ooh, hashtag NBL overtime. It's an off-season. We haven't seen a ball go up towards a rim in an NBL arena for about seven months now. We're still a couple of months away from this whole thing starting, and yet there's a lot going on. And the Hawks have got another guy. They called a cack. Have I said that correctly? And my apologies if I haven't to the young Gak. man. who Gak. Gak, yes. Who is a very, very, very promising young big man. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, as I let you let loose, Liam, because you know a lot more about him than I do. But he's still got his last year high school to do. He's going to do it online from down the Wollongong area. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. 18-year-old kid um, out of Sydney. He's been playing at the uh, the Blair Academy in, in New Jersey. And yeah, just finished his junior year. So it was coming in, would would he be in line to play his senior year? And uh, you know, ranked inside the top 100 of high school bowlers in the States. This 6'11 kid with great touch, moves really well, had some really high level Division One offers, ACC schools. I mean, talking to schools like Georgetown and UConn, Rutgers, Virginia Tech. These guys all wanted this kid and comes from a very talented basketball family. And I wrote... Yesterday, he is a legitimate NBA prospect. This kid could be drafted in the next couple of years. And I think it's a great signing, a really savvy signing by the Hawks to sign him to this three-year deal, first-year DP, elevated from there and try to develop this kid into an NBA draft pick. Hey, and this is, I think you might have said it off air, it's, it's kind of like a pseudo next star. Like, this is what kind of what, what, what teams were going out. And the next star program was at the very start before it became an involved where it is today, where they went out and got it. Now they've made him a deep, like this is exact. Re- like I love the idea of it. Uh, I did, of course, Brian Colangelo spoke about the fact there was a fair bit to do that. He wanted to just get him under Gorgian homicide and be like, Hey, this is where you're going to develop rather than go to the collegiate route. You're going to go here and you're going to get better and better and better. So they've got a, a next star and maybe a half here, Corey, which is a great way to put this roster together. I mean, he's definitely a next star. It's exactly what it is, like you just said. So it's just all about him, you know, taking it all in, back home, learning under the best coach to ever coach in Australia. So it's just about just going to put in work, be the first player in the gym and the last person to lose. Understand, just because you're home, don't get comfortable. Mm. Still have the mentality to go in there and put in work and want to get better. Is your goal, what's your goal at the end of the day? Is your goal the NBA? Yeah. Well, guess what? You're in a great position to learn from the best and play against some of some experienced players. So, and, and that's what you got to do. You just got to go in and put in the work and take advantage every day of the opportunity that you have. Based on this, I'm going to go to you first here, Homicide. Based on this, how they've put the roster together, who they've got as part of the crew, what is a realistic, a realistic achievement for the Hawks? Is it playoffs? I mean, every, every, um, realistic look for this team would be playoffs. That's everybody's, um, now that's it. That's outside of Perth from our perspective, from our perspective. Cause they, they, they like, we, we want to, you know, Gorge ain't going to be there to win. I don't, I don't, I personally do not think they'll make finals. 
You got Perth, you got New Zealand, you got Sydney, you got Melbourne. All right. Three of the four teams I mentioned are in playoffs every year. Okay. New Zealand is stacked. That right there changes the game. Perth will be there. We know this. Okay. Obviously, we're talking bar and injury. New Zealand is going to be there. All right. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> Melbourne is going to be there. I reckon Milwaukee would have trouble in the playoffs, but I reckon they'd have a good regular season. Sydney's in <laughs> going to be there. Now, depending what cans do, you get you know, it's 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 harder. Every year, the NBL has literally gotten better. Yeah. Okay. Cans last season was the dark horse. Nobody saw this coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so they get back Machado, and let's just say Cam comes back. They go to the finals. <laughs> so that, that that changes things. You know what I'm saying? These are guys that have played in the league last year together. And as an organization, they've been in the finals before. So they have that experience and the cohesiveness among their team. It is going to be extremely difficult. Mm. You like ain't been in a while. Game. You know what I mean? Your record and your resume is A1 here, mm. without doubt. But you have not been here in a while and you've made a team in the last minute the best you can do, mm. yes. However, will it translate this upcoming season? I don't believe you make finals. I agree. And I agree with the teams that you said that there will be the reasons why they don't make it. Uh, they'll be on the bubble. I can see them being on the bubble. Good Gorge is not going to have a team in this league wallowing down the bottom of the ladder. It's just not going to happen. And you're right. It's, he hasn't been here for a while, but you know, he's, he's the best to ever do it here. And um, he, he'll bring that together. A lot depends on what their imports are like. I mean, if they, if, if those guys, Simon and Harvey, they come in and they're brilliant and they're the perfect guys like Machado, Nubel and Oliver were for Cairns last year. Well, then they will outdo expectations just like Cairns did. But we need a, you know, I was very, very early in the piece. There are some of these teams that we've got in the top four, like Melbourne and Sydney and Perth, whose teams are unfinished with really key pieces not yet put in place. So, um, yeah, there's water to go under the bridge. But, yeah, I think they'll be on the bubble and they have the potential to, um, you know, make things very interesting. All right. This is, I need a straight answer here because <laughs> this, is, this is what I got sent to me last week. And there's also been a slight tweaking of terminology in a media article. Okay. So, essentially, the gist of it is that the Illawarra Mercury went with an article last week and part of it was with Matty Campbell relinquishing his role that the Hawks are chatting to a high profile in the original article said media personality to fill the GM role. Now, media has since been taken out if you can find the article online. So I'm going to start with you, Liam. I'm going to start with you, Liam, Stan and Brown. Because if I'm reading high... I'll tell you this, high-profile NBL media personality. I sure as hell ain't the guy for about five different, maybe ten different reasons. I'm not the guy. The, are you the guy, Liam? Then would the that article be referring to you? Are you sure? I think uh, from the picture I, I took, the screenshot yep. I took, it yep. didn't say media. It said NBL identity. I am just going to look if I glance at what was sent to me yesterday and it had media personality in there. 
Okay. It's since been taken out. Now, um, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to put this on the record and say that I did not read the article when it said media personality, but the person I received it from, I have the highest faith in that whatever, however, this person received it, he was how it is. Is how how it read originally. Well, that, so I I'm, think I'm that's our guy, Corey. That I've well, been. You've been reading Dory's book. You've been underlining passages. Is this happening? Have, have you spoken to oh. them, Corey? To the, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I love my job. I love so, this position that I'm in. So hang on. So you're both telling me that it doesn't refer that article, if it, even if it says media or just high profile NBL personality, it's neither of you guys. Not me. Not 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 MBL overtime, but let's talk about that role. Let's there's start. Funny, with- there's, yeah, there's, it's just not us, you know, that work for the MBL. For real. Maybe. All right, give me some names. Hammer. <laughs> gaze. It ain't gaze. I'm just giving you names. That, that's fair enough. What do you think, Liam? I think it's a very interesting role. It, it, it's a great. You know, role. and let's 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 give a little shout out here to Matt Campbell, who's been yes, he was a legend course. of that club and has been. Yep, yep. Shout out to Matt. Club. For, for a number of years and um, there's been change within the organization and, and he's going to move out of that position. But, but um, you know, we love everything that he's brought to the NBL over a period of time, but that, that club's going places. It is, you know, that has very exciting new ownership. It has a very, very exciting head coach and they have spent money on their roster and they are, clearly very invested in making that club a success. So I think there's a lot to be said for that role, which is currently sitting there on seek.com. If we were to install a favorite, who would you have? Good question. Homicide, you got someone? Hashtag NBL over time to get involved. I just for the the, the process, uh, Illawarra Mercury. Don't sue me for defamation if I in fact got my information wrong. That media was never in the article, but that's what I was led to believe. Either way, it's a high profile NBL identity or personality. So there you go. To which I thought of you too. Oh, well, you can sue me for defamation. I got no cash, so you'd be suing, you're suing zero for zero. Yeah, no cash. <laughs> No cash. All right. Uh, anything else before we get to yes or no? No, I'm saving my surprise for the very end. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Liam, yes or no? Do the boomers meddle in Tokyo? Yes. Corey, Sunday deck, all NBL, first or second team candidate? No. Any chance, Liam, any chance? I know we've touched on him already, but any chance that Jock Landale is in the NBL? This year. This year, this NBL 21. No. Homicide, did the USA medal in Tokyo? No. What Miami did, Liam, what Miami did, and in particular Jimmy Butler and everyone buying in, is that a bad look for the organizations of Minnesota and Philadelphia? Uh, Yes. Will LeBron get six rings, Homicide? No, he'll get five. He'll get five. Hashtag NBL overtime. That is yes or no. What do you got? This is this, this is interesting. There's a surprise coming. So let's we wrap it up. Is we're it wrapping up. up. Are you got anything else on the side before we get the surprise? No, we're wrapping up. You fellas ready for this? We're ready. 
<laughs> Yanni's back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just showing you the jersey. The number 10. Oh, my God. And the green and the black and the white. Back. That's all I'm doing. I'm just holding this is, jersey. This is Gosh. why, kids, you don't burn jerseys. <laughs> Didn't learn from what happened in Cleveland all those years ago. So if you were stupid enough to burn it. Did you fellas hold on to your jersey? I held on to my jersey. Someone tweeted Come me on. saying, burn it. you got your jersey? Someone, someone tweeted me saying, burn it. Do it like a LeBron Cleveland thing because Yanni ain't going to be there. And I would never do that. Oh, that is great news. Yo, There's no news. It's just a jersey. Yanni has given oh, us oh, hang on. so much drama on this show and hasn't even played a game yet. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, you're showing you, you still got the jersey. I'm showing you the jersey, Cam. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, what mm -hmm. a way to end it than singing a Yanni Wetzel jersey. Hashtag NBL overtime. We do it all thanks to LD Mobile. We are out of here. Boys, we'll do it again next week. Peace.